There you go. Aaron Curd on Facebook. Yeah. I see it. I see it. It's at the top of the screen. That says live. Yeah, I see live now. It yeah. looks like the Facebook one didn't go live right away. Oh, okay. There okay. we go. Yeah. What's there we go. Now all, all three are good. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm going to close this stuff out real quick. Please. Uh, I had to close out some windows. <sighs> had to do some Tony Robbins prom info. I hopped on here. I was just like, I had a prom. Ch- changed my state. Changed my mental state. I was getting out of it. I'm back. I'm back. I ran, I ran in real quick and got it all set up and then went to like start it. And it was like, your browser's not supported because I'm on my Mac. I'm always uh, on, my, on my other one. So I had to switch over to Chrome last second. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Good old, good old uh, Chrome and stuff. All right. Hello, hello. Good to see everybody coming on. JFO. What's going on, y'all? I hope you're having a beautiful day today. A beautiful, fantastic, fantastically beautiful day. Uh, what well, my next point? I don't want to pull it out. I need a new chair. I got my old gaming chair. Oh, so I says. I see a couple of questions coming in. Let's that? see. There's one popping up. Can you discuss the narc empath relationship, please? Uh, I don't. What are the dynamics of a narcissist empath relationship? I just know, like, I think most people think that narcissists attract empaths or they are like we go out uh, hunting empaths or something like that but i don't think that's the case i feel like empaths are highly empathetic people where narcissists are kind of the opposite side of the coin you know i've heard a lot of empath empaths and whatnot have went have went through similar trauma and had childhoods that way and whatnot but just turned out to be highly empathetic as opposed to how narcissistic people have the you know the lack of empathy or you know the more along the lines of the psychopathic people have the the void of empathy and things like that so dynamic is you know give give take you know take 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 that's what i would say no my chat on yeah. that one no absolutely so hi angels um, happy to see you bro what's going on y'all i'll be having a beautiful day today what's today today is wednesday hello, hello. wednesday, wednesday night <laughs> this week feels like a whirlwind so yeah. as of yesterday officially done with amazon so we're raw motivations <laughs> full time now crazy hey Hey, <laughs> I'm so excited. It's crazy. So it's excited. crazy. It's crazy how life can change in a year. It's, it's insane. I told you, I was like, yeah, it's, it's insane. It's crazy. I'm happy for you. Though, for yeah, real. I can actually have like a semi regular sleep schedule and not be waking up at 1 yeah. 30 in the morning. <laughs> I think I need your schedule. I think I need that 1 30 schedule. I have some quiet in the house, right? I'm about to get up. Yeah, uh, did it. Oh. All right, let's see. Does a narcissist love bomb their adult children? I see my narc father doing father-in-law doing this to my husband i'd say yes to a certain no. degree i wouldn't uh, it, it really depends on what they're getting out of it you know you, you you really like love bombing is all for the purpose of manipulating another person if they can think that they're going to get something out of it then yes. you know I've, I've seen that for sure yeah i would i would agree i would agree with that they just like whatever they're trying to get something out of it or, or push somebody else away they're trying to take their spot you know mm-hmm why would a cheating spouse who refuses to divorce still pay spousal support, spousal and child support, and honor all birthdays and holidays with gifts? Um, I was, my personal opinion: that person doesn't want to get divorced and wants to hold the ownership over you still. That doesn't just want to let you ownership. go. Probably, probably necessary. Probably doesn't want to be with you, but doesn't want to see you with anybody else. And if you, you know, they can. It's cheating if you go out and do, you you because you're still married. It's technically cheating if you go out and do something else. So. That's a it's a mind game of ownership, you know. 
Hey guys, just jumping on real quick here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard of it, Anchor is through Spotify. It's one of the easiest ways just to be able to produce a podcast. It's got everything you need in just one place. So Anchor has the tools. It allows you to record, edit, do everything you need to make a podcast right from your phone or your computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many different more. It's an awesome tool. I love using it. I've been using it for a little bit now. And the cool thing about it is it's absolutely free. So if you're interested in starting up a podcast, if you're interested in getting involved in podcast work, then download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do you, you know, know when you've met, met an empath? <laughs> do you know when you met an empath, do you know you steal their light and destroy them inside? Thanks, guys. Glad you're helping yourselves and others. Uh, I, so again, so I, I don't think people know that they that they are meeting empaths or codependent people or other narcissists because Ben has had a narcissistic relationship experience. So have I with another woman. So it's not just like I, also, I think physical attraction plays a role into it. Um, external validation plays a role into it as well. Like if you're giving that narcissistic person, if you're validating them externally more than somebody else, they're going to be attracted to you. Kind of regardless of the looks. That's why you see narcissistic people sometimes downgrade. It's like, well, they they downgraded and things like that. And also, I don't think most narcissistic people, your regular run of the mill narcissist, the intent is not to start out to hurt somebody. It, it's not. It's, it, it's not malicious intent. Like the intent is to satisfy. I feel like satisfy the ego of the narcissistic person, seek that validation, get that validation and be self-serving. So the other person, while, while, while the narcissist is being self-serving, the other person gets hurt in the process. It's like something like collateral damage. No, those are my yeah. thoughts on that right there. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Mm-hmm. Will narc ever take action or is it all just ever talked? I feel like you need a little bit more context there to know what they're talking about. Yeah, I feel like you reward that one a little bit because take action is like already threatening you, you know. Right. Sharon, thanks so much. Appreciate you. Um, every time I would try to set boundaries, my ex-narcissist would keep saying he is tired of begging me not to. Begging me not to. Uh, I guess maybe begging not to leave or not to set boundaries. I'm not sure. Every time I would try to set boundaries, my ex-narcissist would keep saying he is tired of begging me not to not, I feel like that's another piece of that question or something that got cut off or something. I feel like it's not a full question. Uh, but begging like narcissists, narcissists and boundaries, narcissistic people don't like boundaries. So if you kind of say, if you set any kind of boundary, they're going to push on that boundary regardless. Like, I don't like boundaries. If you try to set a set a boundary on me, I'm gonna try to circumvent that boundary some way, shape, or form, you know, just to make it benefit me because you don't get to tell a narcissist person no without. Some something happening in the, on the back end of things, right? This is the one going back to the idea of taking action. Is it all? Is it or is it all ever just talks like love bombing oh, okay. talk? Says it'll change, blah blah. So yeah, that's that'd be like love bombing. That's like future <laughs> takings. So like the idea mm-hmm. of like, hey, I'm gonna change. Something's gonna be different. And in reality, like it never does. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the hard part to be able to understand because you normally can see an aspect of like, oh, they're going to change and then they never do. Like they never follow through, they never continue. And that's why boundaries and goals are so crucial to make sure that you have those regardless of what they're going to do, regardless of what they're going to say, those boundaries are for you. I always say actions over words. What are the actions doing? Not the words. Because like in patterns matter too. If it's just a repeated pattern of them not doing what they say they're going to do, what makes you think they're going to change down the road? You know, 
Give, give me time. Give me time. Give me time. That's one of the ones I hear all the time. Just give all me right. some time. <laughs> Why would my ex-narcissist email me? He left me for his ex, and they're still together. Why would he respond to anything from me at all after he discarded me? So one of the things that I would point out, because I've seen this happen with a couple other people, is you're asking the question, and as it is phrased, maybe I'm wrong, but as it's phrased, why would he respond to anything for me after at all after he discarded me means that you probably reached out and he's emailing you back. So what I would be very careful of is like when you're break, when you're break up with a narcissist, when you discard all that kind of stuff, when you're out of a relationship with a narcissist, you need to go no contact and you make sure that you're focusing on your growth and your health. Otherwise they'll keep coming back. They'll keep messing with you. Yes. Yep. You need to be the side piece. Go from main main person to the side person if you allow that to happen. You know, I've seen it happen a lot too. It's kind of crazy. It really is. So, I mean, um, why when you know you've hurt someone, you go silent instead of having a quick convo to clear the air and mess it all up? Uh, one word: shame. Uh, well, two words: accountability. <laughs> um, yeah. avoid, I, I feel avoid. like you use more of the silent treatment, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I go so I go silent quick because I don't want to yeah. like I said you you know you've done wrong but you don't want to deal with it and silent if silence works you know something so many of y'all like you want to communicate like communication you want to hear the voice you want to communicate and whatnot so if I take away the communication then you ended up apologizing to me for something that I did to you you know quick convo doesn't happen mm-hmm. you know there's no quick convo like what have you ever had a quick convo with a narcissist you mean. It, it, it doesn't work that way unless the narcissist is trying to get away from you. You, you mean, you, if I do something wrong to you, I give you the silent treatment, you beg for me to talk to you, then you end up apologizing. Sorry for doing it. And then back to normal. We don't have that quick conversation. We could go back to normal. Right. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. My thoughts. <laughs> uh, why is image so important to a narcissist? If they don't care about other people, do they just care about what other people think about them? And if so, why, when they have contempt for the same people, why would, might be why would they have contempt for the same people? Hmm. Um, yeah, so like the image, the image idea is important because that helps mask the aspect of shame. So like the shame about themselves, shame about how they don't care about people, shame about how they're different, shame about what they've done, like whatever it might be. Like the aspect of shame is so important of like keeping that image of of being like a put together person or a perfect person or that they have it all together, like whatever it might be like being the best, you know, the image is the most important and that's about how other people perceive them in reality. Like they don't care about the other people. They just care that other people think that they're a good person. Yep. And also images, image is how you get people into the relationship with you most of the, a lot of the times. So Cause you know, I can have a bland ass personality, but if I look good and I, and I present well, you'll a lot of people will go for it you know what i mean they just oh you're successful and you, you look good cool no personality nothing there's no substance there's nothing behind the the the, the scenes there's just that image and whatnot so mm-hmm. <laughs> can narcissists can witches be narcissists <laughs> uh, i just saw a funny one in there oh, i see that that's funny that's <laughs> <He's> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so it's talking about like whenever you know you're in you're in a relationship with a narcissist, I was in one with a BPD slash narcissist. Um, if we experience the same mental emotional trauma or if we realize who they are and got out faster than regular person, I guess per se. 
I, I just feel like my relationship, I didn't know. Like, I was kind of ignorant to narcissism and personality disorders and mental health back then. So I didn't know what was going on. And I'm pretty sure she didn't either. It was just like a, it was just, right. it's just toxic. You know, it was, it was kind of, you know, honestly, it's kind of fun being toxic together, but honestly. But in the end, yeah, you go through some mental, yeah, mental trauma on both sides and things like that. You put each other through the, the, the woodworks, you know, put each other through what, quote unquote, hell and all the mm-hmm. other good stuff. But like I said, nowadays, if it, if, if it would happen nowadays, yeah, I feel like I would recognize the signs quicker than what I would when I was in my early 20s. You know, I'm 36 yeah. years old now, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I think <clears> it definitely <throat> has, like, that mental trauma for sure. Yes. Just anger. Uh, this one, if if I set a boundary <clears throat> and he discarded me for it, would that be considered a narc injury? No, I wouldn't say setting a boundary and him leaving you would be a narc injury because he's the one that left. Um no, I wouldn't classify that as a narc injury. Narc injury is normally when there's like an idea of, correct me if I'm wrong, but like an idea of like exposure or like complete, like, uh, I guess in one sense, almost like shame, but like it's mm-hmm. complete like exposure in one sense to, to be like such a narcissistic injury where they might not contact again or like, I don't know, maybe you can spend right. a little bit more on that, but I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't classify like a boundary and him leaving as a narcissistic yeah. injury. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I think Elon Elon just joined the chat. Um, uh, I feel like narcissistic injury, more along the lines, would be something like um, like you rejecting him. It's not you setting a boundary; it's you kicking him out. If you discarded him, that would cause narcissistic injury, as opposed to you setting a boundary and him leaving. That's not an injury, right there. That's just him, just like man, f that boundary, I'm out. Right. You know? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Here's one. When you look in the mirror, do you pump yourself up like I'm the best or do you feel or think bad thoughts about yourself? I'm so bad. I'm so ugly from your past or from your trauma. That's interesting. So kind of like your like self-talk, like what's your self-talk sound like, I guess. Mm-hmm. My t- when I look in the mirror, my self-talk is a lot. It's, I have to talk. So I, you know, you can do the positive affirmations thing like that doesn't really work for me. Yeah, I can look in the mirror. I like I said, the person that's looking back doesn't feel, you know, I can look in the mirror that person looking back doesn't feel like the same person. I feel like the mirror image of me and who I am really, who I really am, are different. You know what I mean? I feel mm-hmm. like I, re- I reflect back a different person to who I really am, and it's kind of just, you know what I mean? It's all in you. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's all in here. I don't, I don't do the negative stuff talking in the mirror. It's like I'm so ugly. I don't, I don't do that. I just do. I think I'm not good enough. Yeah, I would say that I'm not doing enough. I can do more. I can do more. It's not just like I was, right. I'm, I'm, I'm ugly because I'd be lying to myself then. Just chicken, just I feel chicken. like I have like less like self talk in one sense, you know. But yeah, and I can <laughs> yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, and I just feel shame instead of guilt or remorse. Yeah, I mean that's a big part of it. I mean, underlying the majority of narcissism, you have the aspect of shame, and yeah. typically that's that's underneath like a quick aspect of like guilt or like remorse. But yeah, I mean, shame is really like the huge part underlying it. Yeah. Guilt and remorse are also on the spectrum for narcissists. I did a video on TikTok about that recently. Like narcissists feel feel guilt, but it just kind of goes away really quick because they start blaming the other person for it. Like, God, this sucks. Why I do that? Oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then it's just like, wait, I shouldn't have done right. that. They made me do that. It's their fault. So it's it's gone quick. You know, my my therapist said that's a spectrum of guilt and remorse. Um, and then I said I saw somebody ask a personal question. Uh leave. I said words, Wordsmith 1982. <clears throat> I saw my name pop up. 
and said, uh, Lee, how would you respond if your wife left again with the kiddos? I mean, honestly, I, how else would I respond? I think people think I would have a narcissistic injury or go into some rage or something like that. I would still, honestly, keep going to therapy. Because, I, 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 you know, therapy is not for her, it's for me. So I would keep going to therapy. Would I be annoyed? Yes. Would I seek vengeance on the world? Also, yes. You know, because would I be also be done with love? I probably, I'm pretty sure that's it. You know, I just feel like this is all the love I have to give for a woman right here with her. I just don't feel like if this this ends, then that's it for the whole concept of, of romantic love for me. What I, you know, I just wouldn't seek weddings and marriage and all the other good stuff. So that's how I feel, y'all. So this is it for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What are the thoughts they go through in Narc's head when they're caught? Example, they get caught cheating and never thought they would, and the girlfriend finds evidence and calls them out. I think a big aspect of like immediate is like avoidance. Like, how do I get out of this? Like, how do I <laughs> yeah. fix it? How do I, how do I fix it? How do I get out? How do I distract? How do I move past? But my mind would immediately go to just quick how how do i get more time so but the way my mind works honestly yeah i don't think i'm going to get caught but my mind is always planning on it anyway if back in the day you know but back, my mind would always just be plotting it out if this happens if this comes out then i'm going to say this and this and this so when the person catches you and says that i already have something already in my mind to say so it's not like i need i need silence like what'd you say huh you're lying no it's always like no 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 what no, let me tell you what really, what's really going on. I knew this was going to happen, and I'm just smooth with it. It comes off smooth, and it comes off, you know, just kind of chill. I like to plan ahead, y'all. I be I plan too much. That's what my my therapist say. Also said, you know, a little sociopathy. So we're not going to dig into that though. <laughs> I plan way too far ahead for stuff like that. Honestly. <laughs> follow up um oh yeah meet and greet would love to have you come to dallas texas we actually been talking about meet and greet was it dallas though was it in dallas or is it houston uh i think they're talking houston that's okay it was, it was it was texas yeah it was texas we're gonna be doing It'd be easiest soon. For, for lee and me to do a meet and greet either in yeah. north carolina or virginia though yeah yeah, we can do something here on the East Coast first to test it out. Cause we think about doing like, you know, it's it's coming, y'all. Cause like I'm I'm I feel like I feel like a caged animal. I feel like COVID caged me up, and I'm just you know, I'm time to. Well, I tell you what, in like in like two weeks or so, I'll um, we could we could run by the office space I'm looking at, and if it works out, we could just do something there too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm 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 looking at one tomorrow too. I tell you, I forgot to tell you. I'll tell you okay. about it later. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. After discard, do you ever think of the supply, or do you just forget they existed? You, you can't forget about it. But they they existed. You know what I mean. But I feel like I throw I would throw myself into whatever else I have going on to try to get over that person immediately, depending on depending on how it ended. If that person mm-hmm. left me, then I would be throwing myself into something else or trying to get that person back. You know, but like if I left that person, you you're not gonna forget anybody, y'all. I just my mind doesn't work that way. I, I, I remember, you know, a lot of people. Right. Not, not yeah, I think no. a lot of times, like with with supply, like you never you never <clears throat> get them per se, you know. But they don't like weigh on your mind like it would like an empath of like you're so like in love with them that you want to go back with them. It's more or less like you might not forget them because you're like you know how dare they like walk out on me or how dare <laughs> they like put up a boundary or how dare they like you know say they don't you know want to be with me or like serve me. You know, like there's there's a very yeah. much like self pleasing thought kind of going through your head. Yeah. 
Uh, why won't he accept being served with divorce papers? Oftentimes, like with like divorce papers and things like that, like sometimes they don't want to look. They they want to keep control of that image, right? So a lot of times they won't um, admit what's going on, so they won't sign stuff. They won't accept it because they don't want to say like, "Hey, this is what's actually happening in my marriage." Maybe they're in a comfortable spot and they don't want to uh, actually have that like show. Uh, maybe they don't want it to come across that way to their friends, their family, their coworkers, things like that. So a lot of times they'll avoid the divorce papers. So they don't have to deal with the time, money, or energy. Yeah, agree. Discarded diva. Oh, hey, Amanda. It's the homie. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed just listening to some of these podcasts as I've been trying to go through and really just have a different tone and different style as I'm trying to inspire other people and as I'm trying to motivate other people to success in like every aspect of their life to set a new design for your future, a new perspective, a new chance to be able to grow and change and become your best self. And that is possible, but it takes work, it takes effort, and it takes a lot of intentionality, that's for sure. Um, I love working with people and talking with people like every single day. Like I get the chance to be able to work with people all around the globe that are oftentimes struggling in their relationships, in their life, uh, whether that's in abusive relationships or whether that's in, you know, life coaching or where they're trying to figure out like, how do I get from here to the next level? And if that's something you're interested in, would love to interact with you more. Uh, reach out to me on my website, rawmotivations.com. We've got a section there for one-on-ones. It's got some coaching. Sometimes we have events that pop up on there. Um, if you're in the aspect of where you've been listening to me or you follow me for some of the narcissistic stuff with the abusive relationships, with trauma bonds, things like that, would love to interact with you more. Like I work with people on a day-to-day basis on how to break those trauma bonds, how to be set free from the mindset that they have, the lies that they've been locked into, and really just a way to find healing and growth and to become the best version of themselves that they can possibly be. So if that's something you're interested in, I would love to be able to interact with you more. I would love to talk to you. Uh, Keep an eye out on the website. We've got some really awesome stuff coming down the pipe. Um, We're working on developing and releasing. The web version is actually here uh, right now uh, of the NARC app, so Narcissistic Abuse Recovery uh, Community. And we're actually putting that together for people who've been in those abusive relationships. Uh, We're going to expand it long term to be about other abuse, other things, uh, but as a way to really connect with other people and to provide like a coaching opportunity so people can read up about this stuff they can understand they can have like a a lesson plan and a guidebook of what those relationships do and how to get out of them and how to work through all those things that kind of go on there so check out the website sometime would love to interact with you more follow us on tiktok uh, instagram facebook youtube i would love to interact with you there as well thanks for listening to the podcast and stay tuned for the rest What is that? Do narcissists know how manip- manipulative and cruel they are? Are the games they play conscious to them? Mm. I, so I feel like in my self-awareness, I know how how both of those are, how manipulative and cruel I, I have been. But back in the day, I, I swear it just felt like second nature. I, it's just kind of just like I'm living my life and if pe- I'm living my life trying to hit my goals and the people got hurt in the process. You didn't. You don't have to be in my life. I would tell people that you, know, you don't have to be here. You know, you know, you can leave. You know, I would say that to people. And like, if they stayed, then how is it being cruel if they stayed? That's how my mind used to work. Honestly, y'all, it still kind of works the same way now. But I understand the logic behind that. And I'm just like, 
if you if I if you were treating me the way that I'm treating you, I would leave. But you haven't left, so you must be okay with this. That's how stupid my mind used the word silliness. And it's, it, like, it's, it's like it's like justified. Yes, it would justify the shame. It's, I tell you, my mind the mental gymnastics are kind of crazy, y'all. It's just mm-hmm. like it really is, you know. Uh, what's the best way to tell a narc off? I know it's not advisable. Don't expect change or closure. Honestly, this is just for me. Um, I mean, honestly, the best way to tell a narc off is to sit down, write a, a long email, write a long letter, and then don't send it to them because it's not going to go anywhere and it's not going to it's going to fall on deaf ears. But yes. it does help on the healing process because you've actually got that out. So, mm-hmm. like, I do I do a process for my own life called stacking with the warrior group. Then I also, like, work with people with, like, one-on-ones where it's the idea of, like, processing that stuff, like, visually. Like, putting it on paper, which helps so much, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what if the two girls he used to talk to each other and find and he finds out he's caught? I mean, that happens. And it, it, so that happens a lot right there, honestly. And yeah. one one girl ends up going back to him. And it, I, I, I've seen it happen so many times. Like y'all team up and she's like, We we caught you, you bastard. And then one of y'all end up going back to him. It's like, what happened? Mm-hmm. I thought we had the we, we had the power going on. Like, yeah, I know you're out the picture now, so I can have him to myself. And then <laughs> so again, it's you don't want to do that again, but it happens. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, but it's the best advice you can give for dealing with narcissistic rage. Like, I guess probably like when it's actually like happening, how do you deal with it on the other end? Mm. I, I, I feel like that's not a question. I mean, the I way like depending on the person, like gray rocking is sometimes the best way, but you know, yeah. sometimes gray rocking makes the rage come out even more. You know, yeah. really, it's kind of like a case by case basis. Like some places yeah. it might be like you need to leave, some places it might be gray rock and it like slows down. like really kind of depends yeah. but i mean at the end like they're trying to get a reaction out of you well i would say separate I mean, if if do whatever it takes is to be safe of course but i just, I just say separating yourself from that person you know the, the kind of diminishes the rage sometimes sometimes if you go to you go in your room and lock a door they might try to bust through the door so some of y'all have the the real ragey crazy people man right that's scary so yeah I would say for me, like this person asked, like, how has your spiritual walk changed since becoming self-aware? For me, like my spiritual walk is like become a spiritual walk, you know, in reality. I mean, it, it wasn't there. It was it was a it was a faith walk. It was something that, you know, I professed, but it actually wasn't there. So I think that's one of the huge differences. There's a lot of things that's been changing in in dealing with truth. Oh, here you go. You just made a video about this. <laughs> was that do y'all think that Amber Heard is a borderline, or do you think that she and Johnny Depp were a tragic case of toxic borderline and a narcissistic relationship? So this is my mind right here. Like I said, we we don't talk about Bruno or borderline personality disorder over here. But just kidding. But I mean, she actually got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which is which 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 can be manageable, y'all. Borderline is not the end of the world. But the other thing, she actually she actually also the other therapist actually kind of cross diagnosed her as histrionic personality disorder which is kind of like Ooh. a level up from narcissists so it's just kind of like it's like narcissists you know on steroids or you know, on some kind of stimulant and Especially just like she was, sex you know, train yeah yeah you know, she, was on some, yeah. she was on a different level you know so johnny depp i haven't really looked into johnny i've been kind of focused on amber because the spotlight is on amber 
it could Johnny have some he has some you know substance abuse issues and things in his past, of course, but you know, that doesn't necessarily make him a narcissist. But a lot of people, you know, tend to kind of go back to what John what, what did Johnny do? Because yeah, you know, yeah. But Amber Heard definitely got some stuff going on, according to the psycholo- psychologist. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the I've seen a lot of the videos and things like that, especially like the ones that she's recorded and things like that. And some mm-hmm. people are like, oh, like he's a narcissist because of how he's react of how he's yes. acting. But I've also seen and caused people to react that way. Like yes. I've caused people to act like incredibly crazy, you know, just right. by my own actions. I mean, we're talking from like, you know, screaming and hitting stuff in the house to, you know, them being outside, you know, screaming, waking up the neighbors and like throwing phones, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. like just crazy stuff. So like, it's really kind of hard to be able to look at like one video like that. But I think the other intention is like, when you look at a video like that, you know, where he's going around and like yelling and, you know, she's, she's recording it. It's really like, what's the intention, you know, behind like them recording? Cause that's yeah. what a lot of narcissists will do. To try to, be able <laughs> yeah. to prove like, Hey, I just pushed someone, but you never see what mm-hmm. leads up to it. Yeah. And another, another thing I also heard her in a video, another recording that she was pretty much saying, just like, she was antagonizing him. She was just like, go ahead, Johnny, tell everybody go tell a man, go tell the world that a man is a victim of domestic violence. See if they believe you, see if they believe you over me. See if it's equal. I was like, she's like, go ahead. And I'm like, damn. And she's like screaming it on the guy. I was like, I know you can you I can saw get a video the other people. I no, saw no, a video no. the other, other day on uh on TikTok and I didn't I didn't go and like verify it, but like I saw a video on TikTok that it's like um supposedly the uh what was it? Like there was like a palette um that like she claimed that she used to be able to cover up her bruises or whatever. Oh and, yeah. Like, the palette company like called her out saying that that didn't come out until like a year after they separated them. Yeah. There's I saw that too. Yeah. I saw that too. And I was just like I need to look more to that myself. That was just I didn't that, that, that's that's the only yeah that's the only person I saw talking about that. I just feel like that would be that would be everywhere. But I, I don't know. Right. I'd look more into it. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on with it. Can you explain a little bit about what it's like right after you raged at someone? As far as like, I guess maybe like from the perspective, like when we rage out at someone, like what's it feel like, yeah. or you know, what's it like right after? Um, doing the so my therapist told me she when I rage out, she asked me she's like, "What are you yelling and screaming?" That's the most important thing. I was just like, nobody listens to me, nobody appreciates me, nobody hears what I'm saying or you know what I'm doing. But she's like, when you're raging out, when you're screaming and yelling, people are listening to you, aren't they? People understand. People are listening. People hear you now, don't they? I'm like, yeah. It's like you got what you wanted, but you went about the went about getting it the wrong way. So I, she's like, so I bet when you finish the rage episode, there's a lot of shame that comes behind it. Like you kind of retreat away from everybody. What you like? What I do after I rage out? I get away from everybody. I do. I have to go kind of calm down. And sometimes I'm, I'm embarrassed, so I get away from. It. I'm just like, why'd I do that? And here comes the guilt. Here comes the shame. Right. And do do do. If she said this, if she didn't say that. It wouldn't happen. So my the mental gymnastics, but now I stopped Ooh. the mental gymnastics and I kind of sit in the shame a little bit and I can actually, you know, genuinely have a conversation and try to genuinely apologize now as opposed to how I used to do it. Just like, man, we'll get it over it, you know, or she'll Ooh. leave and I just go, I'll replace her. That's how my mind used to work. Like she'll leave and I have somebody right. else will be here. Who cares? You know, pride, yeah. ego. Mm. Yeah, that's like, literally, that's like how it is with the, uh, with that uh, cycle video that I've done a couple different mm-hmm. ones of just like you know after the rage you feel like the shame you know yes. you go through like the guilt the blame you know, like you go right back down to you know if you don't stop it like it just gets yeah. worse and you just get more pissed that's off a, you just get more angry so, so, so it's a good TikTok video right there who, who, who the question the word 
Joyce, that's a good TikTok video. I might put that up here tonight on my analytics. <laughs> let me pull let me pull out my remarkable tool right in there. <laughs> uh, Discarded Diva asked, uh, have either one of us tried to manipulate our therapists or have you weaponized it against your wives? Uh who said that? Discarded Diva? Oh, that's a, that's Amanda. That's uh mm-hmm. one of my that's one of my peeps. Amanda, I tell Amanda story all the time. She's like like uh my, my uh golden crown wearing survivor story because she went she went from like the most devastating situation to like just empowered helping people now so i, I love it she mm-hmm. went from victim to survivor to thriver and i now you know i love it um <clears throat> but as far as manipulating therapists uh i don't think i've tried to manipulate the therapist but i, th- I think well you can kind of say it's manipulation now that i think about it i have told them bits and pieces of the story to get the feedback that i felt like i wanted because I knew yeah. if I told the whole story, it wouldn't be the feedback that I wanted. But nowadays, I'm being more honest, giving the feedback, like, want, wanting the feedback. So like, let me tell you the story right here. And she, you can tell, I can tell, I, I know what I said, some, some off the wall shit. Because she'd be like, God damn, I gotta stop talking. You know, you just get the, you get the right. Like, what did I say? <laughs> you know, but so yeah, I would say I was trying to manipulate the therapist into telling me what I wanted to hear, but I haven't used that against my wife. I, I, because I, I don't really talk about the therapy to her unless it pertains to her, you know. I, I kind of keep yeah. most of the, you know, because most of the stuff is dealing with other issues not pertaining to her. It's like childhood stuff and past stuff before her. But when I talk about her, I do tell her, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like for me, like I did at the very beginning when we were doing like couples counseling, like year one mm-hmm. after marriage, like there's definitely aspects there of like telling telling the therapist like it's year two so yeah like, yeah telling the therapist telling that i'm the counselor telling the counselor like mm-hmm. certain things um or kind of like from a certain perspective try to paint it in a in the direction that i wanted to paint it in one sense mm-hmm. um but no i wouldn't say now you know not at all with uh mm-hmm. being with my therapist for over a year now and uh, and kayla and i do in like couples therapy now like it's a whole different ball game whole different goal you know yeah i also feel like barris counselor if y'all gonna do marriage counseling, which is not recommended with narcissistic people, make sure y'all get somebody that's that's versed in narcissism, because that's where the manipulation can really happen if they don't know anything. I remember my marriage counselor; she asked me and my wife, she's like, "So are either of you in therapy right now?" My wife was like, "No, not me." I was like, "Yeah, I'm actually uh, clinically diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. I've been in therapy for three and a half years." And she was like, "Oh, okay, hey," and she's, I was like, "Nothing." You know, I was like, nothing? <laughs> no reaction? Cool. <laughs> right. You know, it's terrible, but I was like, damn. She say that shit. <laughs> That's funny. Should I, re- uh, should I expect a Hoover or recontact if I exposed him for his cheating to his wife? Biggest fear of mine. Um, typically, what I say is if it comes to the place where you exposed him and, like, there's a big aspect of either, like, shame or, like, you know, this would be this would be along lines of like that narcissistic injury. A lot of times, I say that you have the highest probability of him not hoovering or recontacting you, but mm-hmm. I never want to say never because you never know. But I would say you have the highest probability of it not happening of not hoovering. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I so this is what this is what I say: prepare for the Hoover, but don't wait around for it because then you, mm-hmm. you know, then you'll be waiting. Like, so you'll be waiting, anticipating it. And if it doesn't happen, you're like, was I not good enough? Was he not a narcissist? And then you, the, the questions start, you know, just prepare. Don't wait around. 
That's how my mind mm-hmm. works. Kingston, close the door. Yeah, no, absolutely. Also, people commonly throw narcissism and sociopath together. They have different personality disorders. Can you help teach the different differentiation and can they overlap? Uh, so, yes, they definitely can overlap. Uh, a, a lot of people out there, a lot of psychologists, even people that you know we talk to as well, um, would say, like, you pretty much, uh, yeah, a lot of times you pretty much can't be a sociopath without having narcissism with it. You know, um, they're, they're not really two completely separate things. There's different styles. There's different aspects to it. Um, you could be narcissistic and not a sociopath, but typically as you get to the sociopath level, you already have uh, underlying foundation of narcissism, I guess you could say. Yeah, this is typically what, but this is kind of how my therapist explained it. And a few other people I've talked to, they say all sociopaths are narcissists, you know, because the narcissism is the bottom layer of the dark triad. It's you like, know, it's like spectrum. Is there, yeah, narcissism is the, is the, the bottom, it's the bottom floor. You go mm-hmm. up to you go up to floor number two, you get the sociopaths. And then in the penthouse are the psychopaths, antisocial personality disorder. So as you can see, narcissists, you know, are on bottom floor by themselves. Sociopaths are narcissists. Psychopaths are both sociopaths. And you know, it, it's just that's what how they explain it to me. It's just like I was like, okay, cool. Because mm-hmm. you can have a lot of, you know, you can have traits as sociopaths and not be a full sociopath. Because like I said, like I said, I'm actually have a lot of sociopathic traits, just according to my therapist, you know. But I'm not a clinically diagnosed sociopath because it doesn't it doesn't sound as it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as self for narcissist. Still, self for sociopath is just like he crazy, and they, would, <laughs> they, would, they would, the world would discard me. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, what do narcissists do when they actually are alone? Apparently, we hate it. Mm. I, so my I therapist kinda, asked me a while ago. She was like, um, "Do you remember the last time that you weren't with someone or you didn't have supply?" And I was like, "No, I don't," <laughs> because like we're going back all the way to like probably like eleven, twelve years old in one sense of like always like having some form of supply and like now. You know, being where I am now, like, I don't have, like, that aspect of supply, like, from, like, a, a fair partner or from, like, that kind of person in one sense. But, you know, it's it was, it was hard because, like, she was asking me, like, do you remember a time when you weren't with someone or there wasn't, like, a spy? And I was like, no, I don't. Um, <clears throat> I, have a, I used to put a saying on my Facebook. I had two sayings on my Facebook. I used to kind of recycle them. One of them was, every day I wake up, I battle my, battle my demons. Sometimes they win. Sometimes I do. And another thing I used to say was, I get so I get so alone with my thoughts that they become my enemies. So I don't like being alone in that aspect of things because I hate it. Because I the, the 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 dark thoughts cause start to kind of seek in, seep in and stuff like that. So I, I tell people now, like the last time my wife left me, immediately my mom went to just like, okay, time to hop on Tinder and do your thing. Like you you know you you've been preparing for this. Like you you, you successful. You, you know you're out there in the world. You good. Let's get it. But then so my, it's just like being alone is what I needed, though. You know, I just I literally just posted a TikTok before I got on here about being alone. Like I had to be OK with being by myself. And that let me know I was on the right path, because if I can't be by myself, then I'm not actually bettering myself in any type of way with the narcissist. That means I would always be dependent upon other people for external validation. So mm-hmm. I feel like when, when narcissistic people get by themselves, the inner validation, that lack of the lack of ability to inner validate, it it attacks you. He's like, I need some validation. I feel worthless right now without it. 
but I had to sit in the darkness. I was here screaming at the mirror. I, I had a it's it, it, it I describe it sound like a psychotic break. I was looking at myself in the mirror, screaming, pointing, crying in the bathroom floor. But I got up from that. I, I told you the next day I started reading the Bible. And I feel like I honestly like I said I, I, God validated me. The Bible, the Bible became my validation, y'all. I, I promise y'all. Like I said, I'm not this night I'm trying to get no religious chat, but like honestly, I, I'm not here without God. I look. I, I was yeah. seriously lost. I started reading the Bible, Genesis, you know, Moses, Aaron, all that other. Joseph, that's my boy, Joseph. Like, throw it up to Joseph, because hey, <laughs> Joseph survived. You know, that just like the mm-hmm. Bible helped validate me. I found validation in the Bible, y'all. Yeah, I think that's true. I think like the aspect of like when you sit alone, I I, I love that. Like, when you sit alone, it's like the the shame that sets in, the the mm-hmm. validation that sets in. And like for yep. me is. For me, like the hard part was like for a good while, Kayla was like flip flopping, and part of that was because mm-hmm. I was like drip truthing her. Like I was telling her one thing, and then you know a couple weeks later, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, there's something else," and then she like go back and forth between like I'm leaving mm-hmm. or I should stay, I'm leaving or I should stay, and like for me, like the hard part was like changing my mindset as I was like getting help and like working on myself because like then sure. if she struggled for a moment and it was like I'm leaving, then my mind was like switched like, okay, like how am I gonna do this? What am I gonna do next? Mm-hmm. Like it's just like very like forward thinking in one sense. It's really hard to be able to 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 stop that and to work through that. And like even like now it's hard. Like we had um a moment like a couple of weeks ago where like we just it wasn't a, like an argument it was just more or less like we were trying to figure out something we were both getting frustrated because we couldn't figure out the communication part of it mm-hmm. and like i had to kind of like step away from it and kind of like think through like like it's okay that we're not communicating this moment like we'll circle around and get to it but like my mind immediately wanted to go to like well if we can't communicate about this then we can't communicate about everything then what's the point of being here like like i was like holy cow so i got walked away from the i walked away from it for a little bit and then came back because it's like like i can't let my thoughts like run away like they normally yeah yeah i i I, I started laughing i've had that same experience like it's just like it's like the snowball it's just Mm -hmm. like we can't do this then yeah, it's just like you know, right, right. It's, it's like just, it's yeah. like you know, if, if we can't if we can't agree on like what color to paint that one wall, then you yeah. know, oh, I'm thinking of my future with someone in another. <laughs> like, like it's just it's insane. <laughs> and so, like reeling that back in on, on yeah. a day to day basis, or like that type is is crucial. Yes. Uh, yeah, would you guys I, be willing I, to help narcissists? I do. Every once in a while, I talk to narcissists. Yeah. I know Lee talks to them. Um, there's a couple. You know, uh, part of, I mean, I know Lee's platform especially was was on here originally to help narcissists and to get yeah. them into therapy, get more guys into therapy, yeah. period. Um, there's a there's a couple that I talk to that, you know, we talk on a consistent basis trying to help implement some changes, some growth. Um, a lot of people, uh, I want to say 95% of all narcissists I talk to never come back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I talked to, a, so I, I, I think today was one of my favorite, like one-on-ones I did. I actually had a one-on-one with like a 19 year old boy who thought he grew up with a narcissist dad and he was just mm-hmm. like, he resonated with a lot of my videos. And I was just like, damn, 19 years old. I said, dude, narcissists are not like now is the perfect time for you to work on yourself because like you young enough to catch it. Like I started kind of mm-hmm. catching it when I was 21, 22. That's when I started listening to Tony Robbins and all the other good stuff, you know? But I was just like, dude, you are you talking to me? I was like, I, me and him had a good conversation. He was like, yeah, I was like, I, I, I love talking to him. I said, I like talking to like-minded people. That's why I like talking to you. Cause you get it. You know, it, it's just fi- finding somebody who gets it is the tough thing about it because a lot of you know would I help narcissists? I talked to a lot of men and women. I talked to quite a few women who think they're narcissists too. And this is like, it's not just like 
the man convincing that they were narcissists. No, they were doing some toxic shit. You just literally, I did this and this and that. Like, mm-hmm. you toxic. You know, I can feel the energy. I was like, yo, energy. I, I don't know. I can read. I, I'm a, I, I, it's your sound like some psychic medium type. So, like, the energy become, be coming through the computer. So, I was like, your energy. I'm like, right. you, you, you got something going on. <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> yes, you do. You know, but I, I, I'm I'm willing to talk to anybody. I'll talk to anybody. You know, just keep. My therapist described it sometimes as like some people that have certain doors open, like 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 spiritual or like energy mm-hmm. doors. I guess you could say like open. Yes. And it's crazy because like after after her and I went through it because I talked I talked to her about it because I had I had a couple people like a couple times like at work like either hit on me or like try to say stuff and like some of them were people that already knew about my platform you know yeah. and it's it's like one thing if it's like over social media like it's like okay like that's gonna happen but like when yeah. it's actually in person and you have someone be like um hey like i hope you divorce your wife you know like you're just like okay like this is not like a, a healthy spot to be in you know um yeah. but like but like saying that to my therapist and kind of like talking through some of that you know, she was like you know sometimes there's going to be people that they just have these like doors open these like literally she called them like spiritual doors or like sexual doors mm-hmm. or stuff like that and you can yeah. pick up like these vibes from them and then like later on after she told me that like going through one of and talking to a couple of people like there's sometimes i sit down i'm like there's a door open here that like i'm like backing away from you can like feel it it's like creepy sometimes mm-hmm. yeah i'm just telling you it's just like Your energy. <laughs> I, mean, I can feel that. I swear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's very true. So, did you? It says, did you ever lie about what kind of trauma you went through in your past to make your victim feel bad for you? My ex always had the most insane stories. I can't imagine it's all real. I, I don't feel like I've lied about my trauma. If anything, I kept everything. I'm just like the, the type of shameful person that likes to kind of work. Yeah, I kept it to myself. I am. Mm-hmm. If I'm sharing trauma with somebody, it's to get somebody to feel bad for me I've, because I've done something. You know, it's just mm-hmm. not, I'm just not going to be an open book on my first date and just like, look, you know, I'm adopted, right? Or something like that. It's just like the, the yeah. very first date, you know, it's just like, my dad used to beat me. Like, what, what's your first name? Yeah, I don't know. We, 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 the appetizers are not even here yet. You talking about getting your ass beat as a kid? You're like, what's going on here? You know, what's this? I feel like they're sharing trauma with you. They're trying to get they're trying to get forgiven for something. They're trying to make an excuse for something. That's just my take on it right there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times I feel like a lot of narcissists like hide <clears throat> hide their trauma. Um, but I mean some some lie about it. I don't feel like that's mm. a uh, I guess you could say like a mainstream narcissistic thing to lie about trauma, you know. Maybe yeah. maybe exaggerate some, which is the same thing as lying. So like I'm not trying to contradict myself, but like that's the same same aspect. But I know a lot of times when I've talked to some narcissists and figured out some of the stuff that they've gone through, like it's some pretty like scary and dark stuff, you know. Yeah, that's yep. like made him that way. Uh, why would a narc wind someone up and use trauma to get a reaction and have a camera ready for a show to make you look crazy? Exactly. That's. That's really what it is at the very end to make you look crazy because if they can make you look crazy, then they look normal. If they look normal, then they can keep their image. They can keep their image. They can do whatever they want. And then they can get out of a relationship. They don't feel bad about it. They don't, they don't have to worry about anything and everybody supports them. In reality, they're the one abusing you. Yep. I would agree with them. 
Do you ever blame your ways on being a narcissist? Like, if you were to slip up and make a mistake, uh, could I? Could I? Could could Ben? Yeah, hundred thousand percent. You definitely could do that. I'm a narcissist. What? What do you? What more do you expect from me? Which would be what a lot of people could do to go to therapy to weaponize the therapist against you. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm a diagnosed narcissist. What do? You, what more do you expect? I can't change. There's no cure. But do I do that now? I feel like now I'll be scapegoated in, in trying to run away from what I've actually trying. It will be mm -hmm. it will be disingenuous to blame it on being a narcissist. You know, I could, could I yeah I could definitely do it. I, could, have I thought about it? Like I could I can, I can say some evil shit to you right now, and I can just say, hey, I'm a narcissist. What do you expect from me? You know, but I just right. it, but again that would be disingenuous. Cause I want to, I don't want to use that as an excuse because it means narcissists are bad people. I don't want to add to that stigma that all narcissists are evil, toxic ass people. You know what I mean? I think now with being self-aware there's not an aspect that I blame like my blame myself on being a narcissist I feel like there is times where it comes up you know now even with everything that's gone on as far as like a joking you know but it's it's not an aspect of like blaming to avoid accountability it's more or less like you know oh crap like I forgot to have empathy in that moment yep I'm a narcissist, you know, like different, different stuff like that. But it's it's also not being done like malicious or like an inc incident like that. Yeah. How would a typical narcissist react to someone they're dating having a minor injury? He didn't ask how I felt about the injury and was angry. I needed the rest and couldn't see him. Yeah. So that's fairly typical for a narcissist because your minor injury is being an inconvenience to his needs because that is more important than anything else in the world. And you getting a minor surgery or something like that is putting him out because you're not there to serve him hand on foot, which is your sole purpose as an object and as that person's servant in one sense. Yes. And it, and <laughs> yeah, that surgery takes away from the attention that that person is supposed to be getting. The focus is on you right now. So. Narcissists don't like that. <laughs> Can children develop narcissism from a narcissistic parent? I would say, yeah. I just like if it, it depends on the type of trauma they experience. I feel like we got a few narcissistic people uh, that under the guise of empaths coming at us on TikTok. You know, just that we were, I was raised by a narcissist parent. I'm a good person. I'm attack. I'm gonna attack everybody. You know, I feel like <laughs> yeah. It's just, there's a few on TikTok that, that do that now. I just feel like yeah. Could narcissistic parents raise narcissists? Yeah, but it, you can also become an empath from that as well. You know, you can also right. become a codependent person or has a borderline person. What it really depends on your response to the to, to the cat to the catalyst in that situation, and the catalyst being the trauma that that narcissistic parent puts you through. So yeah, that's a possibility. I would say. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like a lot of times this is where it comes to the aspect of people asking: Are there are narcissists formed? Are they born? You know, and, and I think a lot of it does come back to their formative years, you know, growing up and especially, you know, people try to try to get the idea or think like, oh, like they're a narcissist, like they they end up just passing it on generation to generation. Like it's just it's just born. It's just innate. And, and I don't believe that. But I do think a lot of times it appears that way whenever you have like a narcissistic parent that's modeling those same traits in front of the next generation the next generation doesn't have the emotional safety or support to be able to handle that. So they end up just um, duplicating, replicating that, you know, time and time again. Yep. My soon to be ex-husband narcissist is ignoring our kids and how to replace our kids with supply and kids 
with the supplies kids is this normal yeah yeah they they will discard you you and the kids and start a whole new family they they will do that they will absolutely 100% do that yeah because you did something to, to them to punish you to punish, you know it's kind of like f them kids and f you mm-hmm. you know if i can't have you i don't want you know if i can't have you then i don't want the kids either it's a package mm-hmm. you're a package deal and you get evil bastards that do stuff like that, y'all. You know, yeah. dis- discarding your children is an act of evil. You know, change change my mind. <laughs> Cost benefit question: Should a victim stand up to a narcissist who is taking money, cheating, etc.? If so, how? With a therapist? If no, how to combat mistreatment? I feel like there's a lot going on there: money, cheating, and etc. And et cetera. I just like what what is the et cetera? Other than you know, um, phys- physical. <laughs> stand up. So I mean there's an aspect that like you you can stand you can stand up by removing the op by removing the options. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times like standing up necessarily looks different to some people than what people normally think. Like normally people think like, oh, I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna tell them how it is. Well, then you yeah. do. In the end of the day, you get hit with the word salad, circular reasoning, mm-hmm. and you realize you haven't done a single thing except wasted time, money, and energy on that whole conversation. Mm-hmm. So, like, understanding, like, hey, if they're taking money, cheating, et cetera, whatever that is, um, like, <laughs> there's not an aspect of standing up as far as, like, in person or, like, doing something. It's more or less, like, how are you protecting yourself? How are you validating yourself? And what do you need to do to continue that growth for you? Yeah. I was just saying this situation right there because, like I said, it's like you're going through a lot in this situation. So I was just like, stand up, get your bearings, and take off running in the other direction. Because I was like, if this person is doing that, that's how you stand up to them. You know what I mean? That's how you stand up to this person by vacating. I feel like vacating the premises is possible. Because I don't tell everybody to leave, but right here, taking money, cheating, and et cetera. I'm focused on the et cetera. Yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry. But taking money, cheating, and the et cetera, just like, with a therapist what are you gonna do how are you gonna stand up with a therapist you know i feel like that's that's so you would be saying how do you stand up to how does the victim stand up to a narcissist who is taking money cheating manipulating a therapist and etc you add that to it so i just like take the therapist off the off the equation because cheating and taking money you be in therapy for years with no results you know what i mean combat combating mistreatment put your right. your uh, sacconis on you know and take out running when you ask a narc to give you a reason why they love you and can't come up with anything else but the way you make me feel and won't even explain that, what does it mean? Uh, I think I had like I had a, like a fairly big video that blew up when the one person stitched it whenever they were like talking through a bunch of stuff because I asked people I was like, "Do you want to trip up a narcissist? Ask them like the ways they love you, you know. Yeah. Uh, ask them like how how they love you or whatever." And, you know, like the aspect of them understanding and then saying like, oh, like the way you make me feel or the way this the way this, you know, it's always like hollow because they don't know how to be able to describe it because they don't have those feelings. And they're just trying to model and pretend they're trying to keep that mask. And when you do that, a lot of times you see a little bit of a mask slip because they're like, wait a second, this wasn't in my protocol of like how to pretend to be an empath at all. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait a second, like. I have to figure out what emotion I'm supposed to feel, but a lot of times they don't connect it with actual events, actual pieces. Yeah, that that happens a lot right there. But I just I always feel like 
one of the best explanations about you know love came from a, a speaker I, I follow named uh Simon Sinek. And uh he did that in a in the crowd though. Close the door, man. Close the door, Kingston. Thank you. He did that in the crowd. He was like, um, he asked, he was in the crowd. He he's doing he's doing a motivational speaking event, right? He asked the husband and wife, Do you love do you love each other? And they looked at each other like, Yeah, I love him so much. And he was like, Okay, perfect. Why do you love him? And she was like, he was she was like, Well, he's a looker. Yeah, he makes me laugh. Um, he gets me, he he's kind to me, he's sweet, he's just the sweetest person. He's like, Okay, cool, cool. He said, Thanks, thanks for sharing that. Love it. He's like, okay, I'm literally all those things you just described. Do you love me? She's like, no. He's like, why not? You just said those are the reasons you love him. I'm the exact same thing. Why don't you love me? And she was like, because I don't. He's like, perfect, because you don't. Because it's, it's like love is action. Love is not just, you can't just, it's, it's kind of indescribable. It really is. And I was just like, oh, I was like, see, I love that. He's like, love is a chemical That's reaction cool. that makes you feel, that makes you feel stronger for one person than it does for another person. This is the only way you can explain it. You can't describe love with common adjectives. You just can't do it because that means you love more than one person, you know. Because she, the description, he's kind, he's funny, he gets, he's like, I'm everything you want. I'm everything you want. You, you gonna leave him for me? You don't love me? She's like, no, I don't. And she, she was like, <laughs> I was like, hey, that, I love that. I heard That's that. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. <clears throat> I was like, Damn. I put up that one that one video trying to respond to someone asking, like, so like I don't love my wife or whatever. And like that thing is all like crazy people trying to tear me up for saying, like, yeah, like by my actions, like I do think I love my wife. Cause they're like, yeah. oh, think. <laughs> yeah, they think, yeah. Um, but I said again, I turn it back on them. Why do you love your person? And they they would use the common adjectives, common descriptive words and things like that. Because mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, you can't describe it. It's literally mm-hmm. actions. It's an action word. It's just like you can you can say you love somebody and cheat on them and treat them terribly. Is that love? Mm-hmm. Do you still love that person? You know, you can say I, I love you and punch somebody in the face. You can say I love you right after you punch somebody in the face. Is that love? Does that person love you? What do the actions say? Take the actions over the words. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Here's one for you. Uh, let this go, Mama. I saw you pop in here, um, Lee. Does it trigger you? Your younger inner you. To parent your oldest son, and so how do you deal with past memories versus present reality? So yeah, that's one of the things that get, gets to me the most is <clears throat> I think I did a podcast about this a long time ago because I've been you know he's been you know, a catalyst for me being he's thirteen years old. I tell you I've been working on myself for fourteen fifteen years. So when I found out my my ex was pregnant with him, I saw I had to be a better person. So I started getting into personal development after a few other things happened. You know. Um, and he has seen the worst of me and now he's seeing the best of me, but I always think about the worst of me. So I'm working on just showing him the best of me. I, sometimes I feel like I'm overcompensating by trying to do too much to make up for the other, the other stuff I've done in the past. You know, I'm, I do, you know, and it sucks, but my therapist said the best thing you can do is be the best version of you right now. Because all my kids are, are going to get different versions of me. My oldest son, he's got five years he's 13 years old so he's had from what seven to 12 13 years old with me being in there working on myself my um, my youngest son he's the one i was screaming at as a baby when my wife called me a narcissist so he's you know <laughs> he you know in his infantile state i was yeah. yelling and screaming at him my daughter she's one and i've been in therapy her, her whole life so she gets a totally different version of me all of them get different versions of me from different stages so yeah it's tough it's tough but i i don't think i can do now i can't wait i'm gonna go back in the past the only thing i do now is work and talk and be open 
He follows my TikTok. He see me. He, you know, he sees me. I get recognized in public. He's like, oh, this, yeah, oh, his name is Mr. Hildness. He happy. Yeah, he sees it. He sees the work. <laughs> you know what I mean? He told me, um, he's like, yeah, you don't yell as much anymore like you used to. I'm like, damn, that's progress, I guess. You know, like you used to. I mean, I used to yell. It, su- it sucks to hear you yeah. used to yell, but like, I don't yell as much no more. So I'm, I'm working. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah. Doesn't trigger me, but it makes me think a lot. Um, 21, and after losing my two-and-a-half-year relationship, I want to address my narcissistic tendencies. Being alone is the hardest part. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, being alone is the hardest part. Like, sitting in that shame, sitting in sitting in that aspect of, like, understanding, you know, the narcissist inside, the monster inside, like, living with that and actually understanding, like, what's going on and being real with that is probably one of the hardest things. That's why, like, we both, like, you know, genuinely try to encourage a lot of people to get into therapy and to, to work on those things. And, you know, even just at times, like talking to either one of us, you know, a lot of times people schedule one-on-ones that are narcissistic and they're trying to be able to see like maybe some tools or tricks that we've learned even through therapy or working with our own tendencies of how to mentally battle those demons in your head in one sense. So yeah, keep it up. Yes. Perfect. My significant other saw me lose a job opportunity and showed no empathy. When I finally left, he sent letters saying he should have supported me more. Total narcissist, right? So, so my significant other saw me lose a job opportunity and showed no empathy. When I finally left, he sent letters saying he should have supported me. Uh, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, <clears throat> I'm not going to say total narcissist. I'm going to say total manipulator, at least. Total toxic person, at least. Because the fact that he said that in a letter without you having to without you saying something about it just shows you that he knew he should do it but he did it on purpose he, he's intentionally damn i should have been more caring for you right there shouldn't i which no he just no again which is it lets you know that he knows that he was being intentionally what manipulative or intentionally withholding empathy in that moment right there but again from the, the caveat of being a narcissist Sometimes you can't control that shit. Sometimes they might want to be like me personally. I've seen my wife crying. I wanted to con- wanted to console her, but something in me was just like, nah, she'd be fine. And I just leave her alone. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's just like something it's yeah. I'm not making excuses for that person. I'm just saying, don't take that person back. They clearly right. made you unhappy. I'm just saying that's how my mind used to work. When she would be crying, I'm like, I just should, I should console her right now. She'd be fine. Yeah, you know, go the other way. Yeah. She'd be all right. Yeah, I had a thought I was gonna say, but I completely forgot what it was. It, it'll come to you. Oh, uh, yeah. So a lot of times people get stuff like this, but it's not after the after the relationship. It's right before the end of the relationship. So, like, say you're with a narcissist for a year, six years, twenty years, whatever, and you're always like, "Hey, I need love, affection, communication, whatever." And you run into communication issues, like all this different stuff. You're like, hey, we need to go counseling. I want you to get a therapy, all this kind of stuff. And then you say, okay, I'm done. I'm finally leaving. And you get ready to leave. And they're like, wait a second. Here's my love. Here's my communication. Here's my respect. And I'm going to therapy. And I'm doing all this stuff. And it like changes like at an instant. And you're like, wait a second. What's going on? Maybe I should stay. Maybe I should give hope and all this type of stuff. But you have to remember, and a lot of people don't break it apart this way to be able to think of this. You have to remember, they didn't have an epiphany overnight. Like it it didn't all of a sudden click and all of a sudden they're performing at all this stuff that they've not performed at the entire time. What it shows is that quick switch shows that their manipulative tactics they've been able to use for such a long period of time 
finally stopped working. They realize it stopped working because you're actually getting ready to walk out the door and they change it. And the thing that most people need to understand is when they change it, that manipulative tactic, when they change it, the thing that you have to understand is that means they knew it the entire time. And most people, like when they really understand that, it's kind of like a big breakthrough for them because then they understand it wasn't that they just didn't get it and all of a sudden they changed. No, they got it the whole time, but the whole time they made the conscious effort to not acknowledge your feelings, to not love you, to not respect you, and to not honor you by being faithful in the relationship. Oh, that was fire. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's the, the thumbnail right there. <laughs> that's a trailer. Save the best for last since I'm wrapping, wrapping up here. Yeah, uh, that's how you wrap it's how you wrap it in right there. No more no more questions. No more questions. <laughs> yeah, so I got this last question here, and then that's all I have started actually, and then we'll we'll wrap up here, guys. Thank you guys so much. When you have a mental breakdown by surprise, how do you deal with it? What does your significant other do? Interesting. Uh, I would call it. I said mental breakdown. I I, I, I feel like this. I don't. I, I don't think I have mental breakdown. I feel like I do have like the, the rage incidents, or I have times when I just like when the work doesn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I right. when I fall, I I, I I would say when I kind of fall off the wagon, kind of like you know, if I was in AA, like if I was in Narcissist Anonymous, I, I fell off mm. the wagon, had a rage incident, or rage incident or something like that. You know, like I. If I slip up, I literally, I immediately start apologizing. Because in the moment, I might do something. I might do something in the moment, like, you know, throw some shit. I might go just rage out and throw something. But I was like, dang, immediately, I know I did it wrong. But here, here comes the justification in my mind. Like, well, if this wouldn't have happened, that wouldn't happen. I, I stop it. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. You got to sit in the shame of it right now and deal with it. And the sitting in the shame hurts. And the fact that I can sit in the shame and just apologize, like, look, I 100% know I should not have done that. That was completely, it was wrong. I know it was wrong. I'm going to try my hardest not to ever do that again. I can't promise I'm never going to do it again because that's how, I, if, if there would be a lie. I don't want to do it right there. I'll never do it again. I do it again. That's a lie. So I'm telling the truth in the moment. I'm going to try my hardest, which I have been doing for the last five years. I'm going to try my hardest to not do that again. And my patterns have shown that when I say I'm going to try my hardest at something, I actually get it done. So I think I think that's the difference between me, like you, and a lot of other narcissistic people who don't who are putting in the work, then not the non-aware narcissists, non-self-aware narcissists. They say some stuff, they don't follow up with it. There's no follow through with it. You know what I mean? We follow through, and there's right. there's been a consistent pattern of consistent change behavior to let people know that no, oh, they're going to follow through, <clears throat> and that's what I've been on. Yeah, I think for me, like any type of like a mental thing or like mental breakdown or like, I don't know, maybe like emotional revealing or kind of like mental like screwage in one sense. Like for me, I have to process some of that like on my own. So like I have to like get away. So like before, like in the past, like sometimes what I do is I drive, you know, like, uh, I mean, I've. I've gone from Virginia down to North Carolina and back, you know, like just like driving, trying to like clear my head. And also for me, a lot of times, some of the stuff that recenters me is, is music actually. So like, you know, for a long time, like music for me helps me engage at a certain level with like emotions that I feel like a lot of times I can't engage with. So like mm -hmm. a lot of times I can communicate how I'm feeling through like some type of music versus like actually being able to put words 
to it. And so like, you know, I, I had different songs that would, you know, like pump me up, you know, different stuff like that. But then I also had different songs that would like calm me down that would mm-hmm. take me through like, uh, I guess you could say like a musical emotional journey <laughs> and yeah. would and bring me to a place where it actually like smoothed me out some. And then sometimes we'd have to like process stuff like on my own. Cause I mean, that's partly of like what I did at times like growing up, like it'd be that compartmentalization. I'd open up the box. I'd take out that emotion of like, what would I feel like if this person died in my life? How would I process that? Okay. Got that taken care of. Now, if they do die, I don't have to worry about it. You know, like that's literally like the thought process, but a lot of those like dealing with those type of emotional things were done very compartmentalized and then put away. Yes. Yep. I agree with that. Like I say, yeah, that's a, that's the, that's the, uh, the thumbnail for the video right there, y'all. <laughs> Anyways, well, that was a quick hour, actually. Yeah, flew, flew through, flew by. Feel like once we got past like twenty minutes, it felt like it just like flew very fast. Yeah, <laughs> it, it gets it gets to flying, y'all. Thank y'all, thank y'all for tuning in and supporting the channels and whatnot. Like I said, if y'all follow Ben, follow me, follow everybody, y'all follow everybody. It's, it's a journey. It's a it's a journey. Yeah. It's a healing journey. Very 100%. much so. Thank you all so much for being here. If you guys haven't, um, check out both our pages. Um, we both do one-on-ones. We go talk to survivors daily and also people with narcissistic traits. Um, if you get a chance, uh, check out the NARC app, N-A-R-C, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. Uh, it's a community of like-minded people that are working on bettering themselves, learning about narcissism so they can be better prepared as they continue to grow um, through their future and to be able to grow, heal, and change in all aspects of their life. So be able to check that out. we got some New things coming down the pipe. Um, got a new boundaries course, actually. Um, Bree, Abuse is Abuse, is actually working on doing a boundaries course. It looks really good. Um, super excited. But that's going to be coming out, I believe, mid-May um, on the NARCAP. So we're excited about that, too. Nice. There you go. Per- perfect, though. Awesome, awesome. Well, y'all have a great night. Thanks so much.